everybody, how's it going? Welcome to Jamie Israel Teachers Lounge. Right? Okay. Uh, I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here as always with co-host Alan Goldman. How's it going, Alan? It's going pretty well, Mike. Excellent. And producer Matt, how are you, Matt? I am very well, thank you, Michael. And guest, David Harris. How's it going, David? Hey! That was good. Thank you. That was good. Oh, no, we got two Brits. We're like two Equi- against two. Equity. But if you take into account the age factor, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. And uh, remind everyone who you are in case they haven't heard you in our previous um, episodes. I work with an organization called Clarion Project. We challenge radical Islam and promote human rights. At least that's what the label says. That sounds, that sounds about right. So, Alan, you... Uh, uh, you pick today's topic and once you explain what the topic is I think people will understand why we've asked David to uh, be with us on this episode uh, oh I think we asked him because he's just really smart you didn't, you didn't have anybody else that doesn't make sense <laughs> <laughs> um, the topic is democracy um, over the, the if you'll remember we've done a few episodes already on the nation state um, law that was passed this summer um, and so the question of what is a Jewish democracy um, was up a lot. But also the question now is really, um, you know, uh, democracy in Israel. There have been a number of incidents in Israel that uh, splashed across the headlines, you could say, that wasn't just about the nation-state bill, but in general the, the climate of democracy. Um, for one instance was there was a conservative rabbi who was who performs weddings, which is um, illegal in Israel, but was never has never really been um, addressed, you could say, in a, in a legal manner, who was brought in for questioning by the police. So that put a lot of red lights on a lot of headlines, um, along with his nation state and, and a whole bunch of other incidents that have happened over the past months in the, and um, question of where is Israel and its democracy, the, and in the bitter context the, the of the world, the surrogacy law. The surrogacy law. We can get to the different particulars, but also you ask me where it came from. Mind, and also just that seems to be something that the certainly the Western world, which you know is based on the fundamentals of the democracy for the last you know couple centuries, uh, seems to also be a big question that they're struggling with. So I was kind of thinking about that, like how is it. How does it manifest in Israel, and how is that within the context of what's happening in the Western world? To kind of zoom out, not only see Israel in itself, but also and zoom in to see in Israel. Make sense? I think so. Do we even care? Do we want? Do we really want Israel to be a democracy? Who me? <laughs> um, I think it is a big mistake to wave the flag of we are the only democracy in the Middle East, etc., etc., which Israelis tend to do. Uh, I think it's taking you down a very, very dangerous path. And every time that you do something that could be considered uh, counter-democratic or at least not democratic, you're laying yourself open to challenge. And given the fact that Israel is under the international spotlight for everything it does, pushing democracy, democracy, democracy all the time and saying the only democracy in the Middle East, which it is not by any means, um, I think is a big mistake. What do you mean it's not by any means because of Tunisia? 
there are plenty of countries that have an electoral system that kind of works. Well, let's define democracy first of all. That's the, that's a good starting point. So, so when we say democracy, I think when we're talking about democracy in the West, we're not just talking about democracy meaning that the people choose their leaders. We're talking about liberal democracy, which is based on not liberal in the sense of liberal liberal versus conservative. Liberal in the sense that it's based on the concept of liberty, that every individual has rights. Those rights rest in the individual to the extent that no government can abridge those rights. Okay, so we haven't got a separation of religion and the state in this country. Uh, that's already an infringement of a, a liberal democracy. No, because there's freedom of religion. Every individual has the right to practice whatever religion he wants in this country. I... Yeah don't necessarily agree I think you'll say that the amount of coercion, the religious coercion that there is in this country is totally an invasion of the rights of an individual I'm not defending or... and by the way secularism has just as much should have just as much uh, say as should any religious group yeah, but, and, but and that doesn't work in this saying, country. I think what he's saying, which is, a, which is a definitely a challenge to our concept of Israel as a democracy or not, is that the fact that there is um, uh, particular religious rights that are not recognized in this country for individuals, that, no, no, that no, it infringes no, no. on their individual it's not rights. not individuals. Hold, hold on a second. That a an individual I'm, cannot I'm, get married. Okay, the way I'll, I will give you. A, I'll, sorry, I'll that. give you. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. No, no, go, go. Uh, Another example, not coming from the world of Judaism. It is illegal to proselytize in this country. That is that is a breach of democracy. That that is a breach. If if I have a religious belief that says it is it is incumbent upon me to bring people to my faith. And you are clamping down on that as a law in this country. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a breach of religious freedom. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in in uh, am I allowed to? In many European countries, it is against the law to uh, express Nazi ideology, defend Nazism, or deny the Holocaust. Germany, for instance, is Germany not a democracy? I don't believe that there is a full democracy anywhere in the world. Again, we didn't actually define democracy, but according to my definition, you're going to say, what is your definition? And then I'll have to think of how to do it in an elevator pitch. But according to the the way I think of democracy as being uber-freedom for the individual whilst being in agreement that there is a society that at the end of the day will set the rules and my freedoms to some extent have to fit in with that bigger rule book but as long as I fit in with that rule book I can do as much as I want there isn't a democracy in the world today okay so let me say first of all that I think that if you make your definition um, any definition any term that you use if you want to find a 100% example you're always going to find a problem so that if you're if you're saying there is no democracy on earth by the way, not only today, ever. ever. Right. Absolutely. You're saying democracies have never existed. By the okay. way, the, the idea of, um, of a group of uh, folks wandering around in togas and that there was a democracy within the city, that was absolute nonsense because there were slaves there, uh, etc. Women didn't have a say. So in normal, in normal political science discourse, we don't call that absolute nonsense. We say it, there is no <laughs> such thing as a perfect democracy. We say there w- it was a democracy, although one has to account for the fact that it wasn't really based on all humans. It was based on a very narrow definition. Mm-hmm. Ours was obviously... So, so the beginning it, of the United States. 
every country. There right. is no question that there has never been a perfect democracy, with right. the possible exception of Athens. But no, it can't be no. because they had slaves. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so the fact that you're arguing that there's such a thing as perfect, that's fine. We'll all agree right. that there's no such thing as perfect democracy. The question is this, and I'll, 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 I'll define democracy as follows. You can disagree with this, but I think if the power rests with the people so that government has to get permission from the people to do anything, including the people hire and fire who works in the government. That's a biggie. Yeah, and that's a very biggie. But what I'm saying is election is a symptom of the basic premise, which is that individuals have rights, not government. Not It is not the definition. I think that's a mistake that the Bush administration made when they forced the Palestinians to hold elections mm -hmm. because that would make the Palestinian people democratic without first making sure that they had concept of liberty and individual rights. You can choose a dictator. Mm -hmm. In Iran, they sort of do that. They have elections, but it's certainly not a democracy. It's a theocracy. So it's not elections that make a democracy. Elections are the, usually the way... By the way, Athens chose by lottery who would right. be in charge. You, don't want, I, I, you can I, conceive yeah. of... Elections a, are part of the process. I, I, not the I, end they don't have to be. I think, elections, I think elections, and, and I can talk about this for hours, are one of the biggest fakes in the whole world of democracy. Correct. They give everybody this feeling of we're part of a process. And then, so what happened? I'll give you a for example. Um, the country in which I live, I did not vote in elections there for um, 20 years. Why? For two reasons. One, because nobody really um, spoke for me. But also, I did not want to... to uh, also, I was a journalist and I felt I should stay independent. But... I don't want some idiot male, usually, standing up on a podium in Parliament in London, in Congress, in the Knesset, wherever it is, waving a piece of paper and saying, this is my platform, my manifesto, and David Harris voted for this manifesto, and therefore I can do everything that's in this manifesto. If I vote for a Would politician... Would it make you feel better if no, no po politician wanted to say, I'm speaking in the name of David Harris? Yeah, much better. But, but no, uh, it's like... I vote for somebody, and then they've got carte blanche for four, five, six, seven years to do what the heck they want. When, I, when I'm only voting for them, for one thing, I'm voting for them in the case of Israel on the basis of security or, or economy or whatever it is, or, or on a health See, here's what's so funny. Policy. Again, so, once so, again, you have this tendency to it's all or nothing. For yeah, me, you say, absolutely. The way so I look, you're, you're an absolutist. <laughs> for me, the way I look at it is I hire an employee based on my best assessment. I look at their resume, I interview them, I take a shot. Let's see how yeah, they but do you, But you can fire them whenever you want. You can't yeah, do two that. Years. And, and also... His analogy, he's talking I, about the, his politician. And also, if we go... Why can't I fire the politician? I can yeah. vote to fire that politician. Yeah. But you're locked, no, you're but locked you in for a minimum period of time. Exactly. Okay, so when I sign the contract with an employee, you usually... Also, three months is different from four years. Gentlemen, I understand that I'm using an analogy to illustrate my point. And it is not an exact thing. Okay. There's also millions of citizens, so that my vote, you could argue, <laughs> doesn't even matter. But certainly in a system where it's the millions of citizens, it's not three people on the board hiring the new graphics right. guy. It's millions of people. So I understand it's an analogy. I'm just saying that in my mental space, I don't feel that that politician speaks for me. I feel that I voted to hire him if I think he's doing a bad job and saying stupid things. 
And by I, the way, I don't think that politician is meant to represent. By the way, you're making a mistake in everything you're saying now because in Israel you do not vote for a politician. I vote for a party. Yeah, for a party, right. which is which is totally counter, in in my opinion, to democratic accountability. Okay. Where's the accountability in the system in in in, the, in Israel? Well, if your party starts to lose votes, then within the party they have to get rid of that guy. There's right. a lot of accountability in Israel. Israeli politics is pretty tough, and people get crushed all the time. It's hard to argue. Okay. No the Likud party is controlled by 1,000 to 2,000 people who choose who gets elected right. in this country. Right. You, as an individual, do not have a say. You no, I was saying the party. I don't vote for that. I vote for That's the party. What I say. I vote for a party. I don't yeah, but the country that you came from, yeah. you didn't vote for a party. No, I voted for specific individuals. Correct. It's just a different system. And it's, of m- and, and it's a much more accountable system. Because yeah. it's that individual in your home country. Uh, if the person you vote for no, I understand. doesn't do things that you like... Or I don't want to debate well, whether parliamentary... Let him talk. He's, he's English. He oh, sounds oh, intelligent. Well, when, let's say, for example, if it was a constitutional system... Uh, sorry, of constituencies, right? We have a system based on consist- constituencies... If your representative or congressman or member of parliament, whatever it is, is not performing to your standards or doing for you what you think they should be doing, then you can vote them out. Whereas in this country, because I might not like what number 14 on the list of whichever party is doing, or it does, or I can't, there's no accountability. I can't say, ah, Mr. Cohen or Mrs. There's no Cohen, accountability? Much less, because I can't say, ah. In the UK. You guys, are, you guys are talking about, does Israel need some sort of election reform system? That's, a, that's a definite. But when I, they tried it, it was a huge I, bust. By the United the States tried needs it, it electoral bust. Yeah. They, because they did it stupid. They no, did, it, they did I, it halfway. Find me somebody who thinks that the Israeli system is, is well organized, that there's a good constitutional framework and everything's working I don't well, think so the American right. system's so hot on that front either. I it needs I, electoral reform as well. Gentlemen, you are pointing out that systems have problems. Human systems have problems. I think we can all agree that there's no such thing as a perfect system. There's no such thing as a perfect democracy. There's no right. such thing as a perfect person. There's no such thing as a perfect toothbrush. By the way, you mentioned Germany before. In terms of, <laughs> electoral, si- in terms of electoral <laughs> systems, Germany has the closest in terms of representative democracy of any Western country. And by the way, we haven't talked about Switzerland. And in Germany, you do not have the right to say that the Holocaust didn't happen. Now, does that mean Germany is not a democracy? No, just talking about. Does that mean that your that your freedom of speech has a limit based on legal consensus by the government? I said representative democracy, which is something different to democracy. Representative democracy means, as opposed to Athens, where every citizen voted on every issue, everything's a referendum. Representative democracy means I pick the leaders who will make the decisions. In Germany, they pick the leaders, they made the decisions, they have a legislature, the legislature said it's illegal to deny the Holocaust publicly in Germany. So So is Germany now not a democracy, or has the German democracy decided that freedom of speech is limited based on what they think is the social good agreed upon? Those two things are not mutually exclusive. Correct. So... It is a democracy, although not in absolutist terms. And Israel, by that definition, although flawed, although problematic, is absolutely a democracy. One of the examples I give my students when they ask me, is Israel a democracy? I said, listen, I could go stand outside, and I could stand on the top of a car, and I could shout, Bibi Netanyahu is a poopy head. And I'm not going to get arrested for that. Perfect example. And in these days, these days, that's not so clear-cut. 
Really? That's that it. not so We've got microphones. Okay, who's the volunteer for this job? The guy. I vote for David. <laughs> there are increasingly... No, so, secu- so the security apparatus in oh. this country is increasingly operating outside of what I would consider to be normative Western... Um, Modus operandi. For, that, for instance, that's, for instance topic. Exactly. that's the topic. That's exactly. the, we're finally getting to the topic, which is the government has done a number of things, whether it's interrogating people right. at so the border, like uh, Peter like Beinhardt. Peter Beinhardt, because he writes a left-wing, you know, anti-Netanyahu. So they they interrogated him for hours at the airport to see if he should be allowed into the country. To come to his niece or nephew's bar bat mitzvah, whichever one that is. Or, or if, if you speak in a way that politically Israel doesn't like, they will not give you a visa to enter the country. Whether it's but pop- the, 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 what the nation-state law leaves out, which is any reference to democracy or freedom or human rights. Whether it's, what was the example you gave? The conservative rabbi. Arresting, who, not only does, does, the, does the rabbinate control the official declaration of what a marriage is but let's say you say well I don't care if the state recognizes my marriage I'll just get married with a conservative rabbi and the state doesn't have to recognize it that rabbi then gets pulled into the police for, for, for questioning for questioning whatever that means because it's illegal for it to do that these are a lot there's a lot of smoke here Right, and but even over though the last several months Israel is doing really creepy things, and da- David Horowitz in his article in the Times of Israel, which partly put me onto this, uh, made a really good point, which is individually each and one of these, you know, can be explained away, but when you put them together in a basket, as our David Harris was just saying, there seems to be an encroaching um, governmental. Uh, you know, on on freedom of individual rights. I'd like um, to add another example of, to this basket that you're talking about is the breaking the silence law that was passed recently as right? well, oh, which so. limits um, which organisations are allowed to go into schools to teach students mm. about different affairs and different issues and things like that. I also have a big issue with that, as a, as a number of people do. And the question again, and Michael's hinting at this when he's talking about like Nazis, Nazism in Germany and the Holocaust and now. Where is the line? Like, who gets to decide what is appropriate for high school students to listen to? Um, and if there are soldiers who have, and Breaking the Silence is the organization where soldiers come in and give testimony about things they feel they did, human rights abuses, for example, in Chevron and places like that, who decides whether that's appropriate or not for high school students? So the way I would frame it is the government should as almost never, ever, ever, ever have a say in any of that. I don't want government making those decisions of which voices well I think I think you do have to I think something like schools may be a little bit different something like schools may be a little bit different in that um, you know uh, the the education ministry does define what kids learn about and not learn about the education ministry will define what's in the curriculum um, and what isn't but if I'm a teacher and I say I want to bring a guest speaker to class Again, that goes back to the uh, back to the um, Germany uh, example of these things are illegal to I, say in Germany. Should I, there I, be things that are illegal I to say in Israel? I confess to having been born and raised in, uh, in the United States of America. I confess that I find that law in Germany strange, and, I, and, 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 and from my perspective. It's at odds with what I understand rights to be. I understand that the United Except States the context of Germany. Every society has uh, to be seen in its in, context. In terms of freedom of speech, America is pretty unique in the world. Yeah. 
In terms of a bunch of freedoms, freedom, yeah, is yeah. unique. Yeah. The, um, according to Judge Napolitano, uh, who's a libertarian, he says the only time that freedom of speech, freedom of speech is uh, restricted is if one individual tells another individual to carry out an act of violence and says, you must do it now. If there isn't the time factor involved in it, it is something that is legal in the law, in the eyes of uh, Judge Napolitano. The the case where it came out, the famous case of you can't cry fire in a crowded movie house, which is what he's basing that on, was the case where people were, in World War I, trying to convince soldiers not to register to become soldiers. That was a clear and present danger in the United States, and then the, the, the Supreme Court expressed it as... Correct. There are limits to free speech where you cause a clear and present danger. Yep. Which I think we would argue, there are those who argue here about breaking the silence going into schools. Um, I think you have to defend it know. on those grounds, though. In other, right. words, in other words, the burden is on the government to prove that there's a clear and present danger. The government doesn't just get to go, well, we don't want those guys in the classroom. But hang on a second. I know. Yeah. That's what's happening. Yeah. It's not that evidence being presented. The but, education is being politicized because who is the education minister? Naftali Bennett. We know he has a certain political slant. I think a politician, a politician can say whatever they want, but they can't enforce something without permission from the people. Hang on a second. And here, they're just making the policy. the. Um, well, they're I, they're I, making laws. I mean, that's yeah. what they do. I, I am going to come out of this I'm conversation. Shocking. Sorry, f- firmly not on the Netanyahu side, as I do in most of these conversations. <laughs> but when it comes to the education ministry, it has been fought over tooth and nail since the early 70s between the political left and the political right yeah. in Israel. And you cannot have a, a conversation like this and attacking the current government without, for, atta- for example, attacking Meret and the things that it did when it had two famous or infamous uh, education uh, ministers, particularly Shulamit Mitaloni, and after her... Um, Yossi Sarid. Yossi Sarid, thank you. Yeah, and they did, and, and you know, they they did things that that are just as questionable in the eyes of. The I don't think By the way, I would actually go back further yeah. to the beginning of the state and the and, and the Zionist school. narrative. Well, I'm saying the education yeah. ministry, the Zionist narrative that was pushed on, a particular yeah. uh, a narrative and what to and what to teach and how to teach yeah. it and who's the um, that that has been typical in Israeli school but, systems. By the way, because one, there's so much control, I think one over of the, the joys of the National Religious Party, as it used to be called before Bennett ruined it, yeah. um, was that they were perceived... I don't e- think you can ruin garbage, can you? The NRP, um, I think, understood, uh, and, and it's really where I think religion should be in, in any society, understood that not everybody in the country is religious. There are many secular people, and under Zavul and Hammer as education exactly. minister in the 1980s and 90s, um, the, the, the National Religious Party got the education portfolio under all governments with the blessing of those governments and steered a very sensible path through the realms of and, education. And by the way, and also started the Tali school system right? and supported the Tali school system, which is a, basically what we call in Israel the conservative movement school system, which was supported by the National right. Religious Party, seeing that this was a good... So let me define what I think is the difference between those two approaches. One approach says, what my party wants is what's good for the country, and therefore I have to fight for it, no holds barred. 
so that my side wins and the other side loses. The other side says, the other approach says, look, I believe in my side. I believe that what I'm fighting for is right for my country. But I believe that democracy is so important. Why do I hear a bus? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I do all impressions of all sorts oh, of mechanical. Uh, You're like yeah. Michael Winslow from the. Uh, chugga, 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 choo, choo. From the Police Academy movies. Um, I would argue that the difference is what you're describing that, that what Hammer did was he said, I know what I want and I know what I believe in. But in a democracy, what I want isn't right for everybody. I don't have to win everything, I don't have to crush my opponents. I have to live in balance with them. So that, of course, I fight for my agenda within balance. Mm-hmm. And that balance is the democratic ideal. I don't beat my enemy in a democracy. I win a victory against my opponent, and then tomorrow they'll win a, a victory against me, and the people's will is going to be balanced. And I understand that losing is as much part of my job as winning. By the way, and this claim was made against the Oslo Accords, uh, exactly, or or the withdrawal from Gush Katif that were seen as pushed through at, because of certain sectors wanted it. And Israel, maybe this is where we go back to, if we, go, we link back to Athens, is Israel has never had a referendum and doesn't have a process for referendum. Referendums are scary. And ask, ask the, this side of know, the table about Brexit. Right, exactly. But on the other hand, it was clear, you know, Gush Katif, the, the, the claim of what we call the right at the time was let's do a referendum. And it was refused because one side has decided yep. and they pushed through their agenda. And the Oslo Accords also were, right, was something people, was supported from the outside I, I, of the government. By the the way, advantage of, re- of representative democracy over actual democracy, which means everything by referendum, is that large groups of people sometimes do really stupid things. Yeah, okay. That's why Athens fell. Okay. That's I mean, why the UK economy is in freefall. And has been since because Brexit. Brexit was a ri- ridiculous vote. The strongest economy right. in the world, right. and it's they took the vote, and then two days later, the number one Google search in, in the UK was "What is Brexit?" Yeah, yeah but then you get then you're li- again. There's a little bit of a contradiction of what you're saying is because, I mean, then it could say, okay, well, what I want is best for the country, and the other side be damned, and I'm going to push through mine, and actually, actually is what's best for the country. You know what I'm saying? You said before, oh, we, we, you know, one oh. side has to see, you, we both have to see what's best for the country, not no, just what your own. representatives have to fight it out. I, I'm not saying there's no place ever for a referendum, but I'm saying the rep- representatives have to fight it out with the spirit. It, no, I'm saying so the spirit could be. No, what I, I know what is best because most people are dumb and right. they will elect, and they've, elected, and they've elected dumb people on the right. If I'm on the left or the right, because they've elected dumb people on the left, and this is what the country needs. This is what I need. I understand that's what people do. I'm saying that is not... Democracy has to be a priority above your party. The unity of the country and its democratic values have to be put first before your party's thing. Look, the United States right now has a vice president, put aside the president for a second, who says, when he gets up to speak almost every time, he says, I am a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican. In that order. That's how he introduces himself. That's how he introduced himself at the nomination. When did you say American? That's why I kind of feel like I'm a Jew, I'm an Israeli, I'm an American. You said there, but, when, but <laughs> if you're the vice president, at some point you have to say, I'm an American. And this, where does that fit into the priorities? It doesn't even make sense. Well, it's like voice. the Rambam, it's a Yisod. It's, you know, that doesn't have to be mentioned because that's a given. 
I would expect an American politician running for national office to say. And I, even not national, even local. On the other hand, Trump, every other word out of his mouth is America, America. America first. Yeah. So his at least language, although I would argue that his brand of politics isn't the... Menachem Begin sat for 30 years in the opposition. Yeah, Ben-Gurion wouldn't mention his name. He said that man. Abused in the opposition. <laughs> he who should not I would mentioned. argue that the, the, the true... Ben-Gurion was the winner. And the person who lived by the ideals of democracy first was Begin. Let me throw something out no. there. Let me, I want to throw Nobody th- agrees? Nobody's disagreeing. Nobody's disagreeing. Okay, but that's... dummy. Let me... Let me <laughs> Don't call me a dummy. <laughs> there, there is a school of thought out there in, let's say, fairly well-connected circles in Israeli government that in three and a half years' time, the new president of Israel will be... The president? The, or president, the new president of Israel will be Benjamin Netanyahu. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that the other day, thinking there's no way Netanyahu is going to be president. This is a very serious thing that is being considered right now. I don't would be prime minister and president. No, 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 no. No, no, no. he finished being prime minister and become president. He'll, he'll see through this election. He'll say, you know what, I'll give another younger man a chance, whatever, become president. Yeah, near Barakat. Near Barakat, that's my prediction. Here. And if he's still compass mentus in seven years' time, we'll challenge again for the leadership of Likud. That's uh, that's what's on the street right now. All right. Okay. I, I, I can't see as president, but okay. To me, that's a controversial of, That's Max of Putin and Erdogan. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't true. throw them into the democracy basket. By the way, bringing up Erdogan, this is happening all around the world. You have an, right. And I agree with you. It's not a, it's not a problem of conservatives oh, exactly. choosing conservatism over democracy. It's conservative or liberals choosing conservatism or liberalism over democracy. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to put democracy as the priority. 100%. 100%. And that means, you know, this week... The, uh, again, you had it in America. John McCain. You had it in America before, before President Trump was elected. I, I think you know it wasn't problem this, brewing you know, in the United States, and it's correct. all over the world. I think, but, but when when Senator McCain asks for George W. Bush and Barack Obama to eulogize him at his funeral, when they both defeated him soundly in 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 his bids for presidency, is a sign that that a person like McCain puts democracy as a higher value than winning or losing. Mm-hmm. Losing is part of being in a democracy. What I part of being a democracy is I don't get what I want because I'm not everybody and everybody's going to get some of what they want but nobody's going to get all of what they want and to be a society we live together with compromise and I think the next thing you know it means also the transference of peaceful power the peaceful transference of power correct sorry the the two two of the most hated words in the Hebrew lexicon a loser Luzel <laughs> and Friar and Friar. I am proud when I lose and lose gracefully and honourably within a system, and when I'm a Friar, which means uh, in, in British we say a mug. How do you say it in American? Sucker. A sucker. A sucker. Right. So I'm proud to be a sucker if I'm doing it in a way that that fits into to a society and shows that I'm an active part and playing and playing a part in that democratic you process. Get into one of those driving situations of who's going to go first. Yeah. And I let the person go yeah. first. They look at me like I'm crazy. Correct. Yeah. And I say to myself, 
Yeah, I don't let them go first. <laughs> Sometimes I don't if I feel like they're really, yeah. really. Hey, they, they, this, yeah. So one of the things I was going to say, I know we, we've got to finish. Switzerland, right? They do have referendum on a regular basis, but it is a monolithic society. Let me throw this out there as a thought, and I don't know if you want to finish on this or not. In the United Kingdom, and I think to a lesser extent in the United States, if you flash your headlights, it means you're giving somebody else the right of way. In the state of Israel, if you flash your headlights, it means don't you bloody dare. <laughs> I think that's food for thought about the, is, the, 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 the context of the conversation about democracy. There is no Hebrew word for courtesy. And I would say that, that we, we may be talking about a minute daily life thing of sometimes you let the other guy go first, that type of courtesy. To summary, but I, I would argue that that's a microcosmic exactly. example of essence. the democratic principle of Sometimes I let the other guy go first because that's how society works. And in a society that doesn't accept that type of behavior and doesn't approve of it, perhaps, this is a weird thing to finish for me anyway, perhaps the best system in those places is dictatorship. Well, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I would say we also have to look at... Um, we do have to take the context of Israel. We've said it before again and again that Israel is a very multicultural Society, even within the Jewish world, people coming from all over the world and um, trying to fit, you know, systems of figure out how we're going to live together um, and what that means and what our priorities are. And I think 70 years young, we're still trying to figure out what our priorities are um, living here and how we and how we reconstitute as a nation after 2000 years of not being a nation living in the same place. Um, and, you know, that comes in the overall context of the world. We as Jews have always been influenced by the societies we lived in and by the general world and what's going on. That, you know, that's clear if you look at any of Jewish history, and that's happening now. And we see that that's happening uh, in Israel um, just the same today. And I think that that's where we're at. And I would argue that when, for instance, is the Jewish value of be careful how you treat the stranger because you know how you were treated. Jews who didn't live in democracies felt the breadth of relief of being able to live in a true democracy with rights, I think it's a priority. It should be a priority for us that Israel's democratic nature be healthy and robust in addition to its Jewish nature. And we have to stop thinking of those things as being only intention. Of course, there are going to be prioritization concerns. Of course. But we should see those as polar opposites. We should see them as there's a Venn diagram of how they overlap. And at times, we have to decide something's going to have to lean one way or the other. But, uh, but, uh, but the fight for democracy and its priority in a national identity, I think, in the 21st century is essential. Agreed? Agreed. Okay, well, sort we of. agreed on something. Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. Well, thank you so much, fellas. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Alan. And thank you very much, David. Pleasure. Thank you, Mike. All right. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Jerusalem U, the Israel Teachers Lounge podcast. Please feel free to subscribe through whichever service you use. Also, come join us on the Facebook page and ask us questions and keep up to date with what we're doing. We love feedback. Also, we would really appreciate it if you could take a few minutes and review and rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. It would make a very big difference for us, and you would earn our eternal gratitude. Thanks so much. 